Welcome back to Get With The Programming. I'm Chase Ingram. I'm Captain America. And along with me is Bill Grunler. Wolverine. I say they have the, we have the best bearded podcast so far. Fuck yeah. I mean. You know what? I'm going to check this out, dude. So I've been growing. Mine's getting almost. It's getting long, McKernan-ish, like Like Wadapalooza. I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go and get it like, like actually. Oh, like uh, escaped. You know, I feel like uh, Wadapalooza always has a guy there. Like a. I know. That does all they that. The, I know, but I, I don't know if I want to. It's a that. risk. I kind of want to go to my dude. I was going to say, do you have a guy or a girl? You got a guy. You got a guy. You got a guy. Yeah. I got a guy. What is this? I don't know if I would really (laughs) want, and this is not a sexist thing. I don't know if I want a girl to do a beard. Like I need a Mm. dude to give me a dude cut. Okay. Like it would be, it would be kind of like, I mean, you could go the, the wax version for the ladies. I think that like a woman would know what a woman wants for like for the shave job rather than a dude that's down there going like, Oh, I'll give you a shave job. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I just don't know if that would work out very well. So would you rather you know get be like, mean? the you know, if you were going to go that route, you want to do to work on your beard, but if uh, you want to go the waxing route, you go in lady. Uh, well, I personally am not going to go. I, I would, I'm well, just I'm saying you, you want to even it out, right? Wax, my, wax. That would, God, that would hurt so bad. I don't know how ladies do it. I mean, strong on you. Thank you very much. Uh, from the dude's perspective, appreciate that stuff. But mm. um, I don't know. It's just I, I, I'm going to have my dude do it. This is not a damn shower curtain, Corey. <laughs> 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 it is a curtain that just happens to be a pseudo Jackson Pollock painting. Well, everyone, welcome to Get With The Programming. We are going to analyze the programming of the Dubai Fitness Championship. Look how easy that was to say right the first time. Nice, nice job. Thank you. Strong work. You know, just uh, I paid attention a little bit. That was mean. (laughs) That was rude. We are going to go through this. It was uh, HWPO, Matt Fraser, and company that programmed Dubai. It happened over the course of the last weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Is this the shortest it's ever been? Or did we have a short one last year, too? Uh, I I think this was... I don't think... I think it's been like four, one time. I mean, it's like almost five days, but it, I feel like it's always been yeah. four. Yeah. I got. I can't remember last year. If only they had a website that updated their information once every four years. I mean, that would be cool. Like, it was they so hard. Well, oh, gosh. I mean, yes. <laughs> right? The, it's the most piss, picturesque, I would say, event. Probably. I mean, Wadapalooza rivals it just because it's Miami Beach and Bayside and all that other stuff. But, like, you can't beat the backdrop of downtown Dubai. You just... No, it's it is unbeatable. No. Wadapalooza rivals on the people, like the the festival element of that. With I mean, I think Wadapalooza people coming in is like unrivaled. Cool. It is very cool. It is very cool. Like I I love the night light the the night show and the laser lights when they're doing it, but like you can't. I just don't think you can compare that to what Dubai has as far as what they can show and what they can do. I just mm-hmm. I mean. No matter no matter what the stream looks like or whatever issues happen on the like when you go there, mm-hmm. you get to do things that you will never be able to do anywhere else in the world at any other time. 
yeah tallest building in the world indoor you know uh, uh ski r- ski hills that you got to run up a six-star hotel the, the arabian desert i mean just like all you want to do is sing like you know arabian nights the entire time that you're running like you can just do so many cool so things cool. you can't do anywhere else mm-hmm. so um God, it's just so it's just fun to watch how many times have you done dubai four i think it's I feel like we did three together. Four or five. Yeah. And then I know you did one before me. I wasn't sure if it was one year or two years before me. Um, so I think I did 17, 18, 19. Yeah. I think I did, I did the year, I did the year with Brandon. Um, I think I did, I think I did one before that. Really? I think so. <clears throat> I think I, I did like, I feel like I did five. I can't remember. Uh, but every single time that I went, and it, I mean, it was really fun when me and you went because we always had one special yes. thing we would always do. Yes. You know, like the IndyCar racing or the skiing that we would do. Or I mean, we always uh, found something. Zip line. The, uh, the zip lining. That, that was just, that was crazy. That was. That was crazy. And that and that's really Dubai, right? So before we even get into the programming, talk about what Dubai is, what the purpose of the competition. Honestly, I think the purpose has changed a little bit over the years. I mean, the competition has changed, the the athletes have changed, the caliber of athletes, the purpose of the event itself has changed. And I think when it was first I think when it was first made, it was really quiet. It wasn't very publicized. It was like, oh, there's an event in Dubai and you know these people are there. And then it turned into, okay, this is the off-season CrossFit Games in Dubai. Yeah, Like you're going to get arguably maybe a more, not, I want to say robust in terms of um, better, but like you got tested in a big oh, yeah. way in Dubai. And and that was it really in its heyday. It was kind of when we were there, right? 16, or, you know, like 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. Um, even, like, the programming had a lot of differences from the first couple of years. Like the first couple of years, I think the first one was 2012. Because mm-hmm. this was a 10 year. Um, it's wild it's been around that long. Yeah. Just like silently. I remember, I remember like the first time they had like Kenny Leverett, uh, Lindsey Valenzuela. Yeah. Ryan Fisher, um, the shake just was like, I want to have some badasses here and do cool things. And right. It wasn't like a competition. It was more just like, I mean, it was an idea of trying to showcase an athlete showcase in yeah. Dubai, but it was like, let's see what we can do. And it, it really grew from that. And, and then they, you know, I mean, obviously they had some money that was involved. And so that started to draw some characters into the fray. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, even, even then they, the, the programming was very different. It wasn't, it wasn't as pure CrossFit E as it has been, um, the last handful of years. And I think that there was a lot of people that were, um, uh, had to jump into the mix to kind of make the, make the event a better event for what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they had events where the last event was worth so much 
that you mean the you money could, <laughs> well the money yeah but like you could be in like 10th place oh yeah they would have like a and 200 you win the last event, event or also you win everything yeah because it was like a all the other events were you know 50 points or 100 points and the last one was like 400 points for this one you're like holy shit mm-hmm. i'm like you guys and i remember there was a year when when we i mean it's really you can't tell the leader of a country or the son of the lead the prince of the leader of a country mm-hmm. um what to do or not to do, but we were trying to, I mean, myself, Kiki Dixon was there. She was doing the, uh, the MC and stuff. Oh, that's right. We're trying to like, tell them like, Hey, for the show, I mean, and like, you know, we had got to be, and we were doing the games and we were doing a lot of the other things right at that point. So we got to kind of say, Hey, okay, you're going to have the finals in the biggest mall in the world. You're going to have mm-hmm. four stories of people watching this. You want to make it so that like everyone knows what's going on. You can't have a, Oh, 30 right. minute, yeah. all these different things. And it's just this convoluted deal. And so I, they were really, they were able and willing to make adjustments on the fly, which made it, you know, mm-hmm. strong competitions for them. And it, it's like the program, programming has gotten better and better every year. Uh, Phil Hesketh, I know was doing some programming. Oh, that's right. Um, the last handful of years. Um, and then, you know, like, I mean, the, the royalty there always loved having Matt come in. I mean, we had, they had rich do the programming the one year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause the, the, the royalty really, really liked rich and brought his family over and had them stay over in the, in the big sailboat. Um, Oh, the hotel. Yeah, yeah. What was that? It was that 2019 uh, the first year. I feel like yes. it was cause they had teams yeah. too. Yeah. So that was really, that was really interesting having that. And then, you know, then you make that shift to where you have Matt and the HP, H, uh, WPO guys come in and, and do that. So it's, they've had, a, they've had a lot of change. Um, for the better, even though it went from CrossFit sanctioned stuff to they've pulled away and they're kind of doing their own thing. But I think the, the draw of, I mean, uh, again, a lot of these athletes, they need to, they need to make sure that they have money to continue to, to, to travel and compete and, you know, all the different, uh, sponsors and whatever. So it's always going to be a draw and just the pure fact of some of the cool things you get to do mm-hmm. will be a very cool draw. I think they made it, they set it up. So that, that every single athlete that goes wins something. Yeah, I think at the so, minimum so, it's five hundred. Yeah, so, and it might have I been mean, more in the past. And I know, I know the last uh, handful of at least the last two years, it was everyone got at least a thousand. So yeah. I mean, it would come close to covering. I think this you year know, your five. travel to get out there, which is cool uh, for some. Uh, yeah, when a couple things to look at is that they even have on their website is our mission is to provide the excitement and challenge sought by athletes and spectators both nationally and internationally in the heart of the world's favorite city. Our vision is to create a world-class experience for both the athlete and the spectator, unlike anything else in sports, which you can tell that's a big driving force, right? Even outside the program. All about the showcase. Yeah, and they're very upfront about that, and people know that coming in is that when you go to Dubai, you're going to get something that's very, quote-unquote, Dubai. As you said, running in the Arabian Desert on, like, the prince's land, right? Yeah. Just to get into that place was this multi-million dollar sporting complex where we're going to do this track event or something like that. We're going to, as I said, we're going to swim and do things on the beach in front of us. I think it's a seven star hotel and it only goes to five and then they like skip six or something like that. Right. right? (laughs) (laughs) All these types of things running in the Arabian desert. I mean, they've done that before they did in different ways, but 
that is a, a center focal point of the Dubai Fitness Championship is to also bring attention to Dubai itself right. and showcase their landscapes, their architecture, their their histories, their traditions. That is all part of this event. At the same time, creating something that is unique only to Dubai, whether it's athlete experience, the number of events, the type of events they do. I mean, they've created certain movements, or at least were the first ones to program in competition that are still being used today. The, you know, you heard on the broadcast a lot, the Devil's Press was really right. showcased for the first time in Dubai. And in, in, in uh, I think it was like one of the earlier ones too, like one of the right. very first ones. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it is, that's one of the, 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 the tightrope issues that happened that it has happened, I guess, for the most part in, in the Dubai competition is they have the backdrop. But because they want to showcase so, you know, they want to showcase so badly sometimes. Uh, oh, what's up, Brian Friend? What's up, Brian Friend? Good job, um, buddy. Good job. Good job. Sure. Um, but because they want to showcase so bad that they sometimes fall to the side of, okay, are we getting gimmicky with this? What is this? Is it too much just for the sake of it being too much? Is it, you know, um, uh, too much of the all right you guys are the best athletes so go out and do something special like let me see something crazy <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and 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 that's fine i mean i i get it and, it, and these these athletes can even though we may not know all of the names they're all so good in what they do i mean compared to the general field of crossfitters that are out there so um they can do some really you know crazy things but at the same time it's like they're athletes and they are not in their prime they have not prepped mm -hmm. this is not the the peak of their season you know for most um so it's it's a uh, it's tough to come in there and just and get smashed and that's that's one of the issues with the off-season programs i know granite games used to have that issue way back in the day uh, people come out of that and just be like, dude, that was, Oh that yeah. Was great games is pretty games, early. You know? yeah. 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 And I think it's, that's, I think that's showing, starting to showing the maturity of, of some of the, of programming in general, mm -hmm. that it's, it's finally getting to the point where people are understanding. All right. Yes. We want to showcase. Yes. We want to do something cool. Yes. We now have to know the time of the season that we're in. Are we trying to break people? Are we trying to put on a good race? Are we trying to show some excitement? So I think, think that those are the things that are, are are finally people are starting to finally realize like mm -hmm. they're hearing enough people say what things should look like for the broadcast for whatever so that they can get a good test um and get the races that you want get the excitement that you want because there's nothing worse than a boring race even if it's a good test but if it's a boring race and everyone's like it's a hard thing to do stupid man like yeah. come on so um it, it's good to see that they that there have been a lot of adjustments but you know, with that being said, you know, the underlying issue is, okay, what are we programming for? What are we trying to get these guys to do? Is it just entertainment? Um, is it a program that's going to be worthy of $50,000 or whatever the number is, or yeah. doesn't matter, you know, whether 50,000 or a thousand. So well, I, I uh, before we get into the first event and I can't wait to get in the first event, by the way, is there yeah. was a time where these, competitions were trying to get recognition through how hard their tests were. Yeah. This is tougher right. than the CrossFit games, or this is on par with the CrossFit games and they, or, or they would try to be on par with the CrossFit games. And the only way they knew how to do that because they were not 
very well-seasoned event competition program is like, well, if I make it harder than the CrossFit Games, then we are in line with the CrossFit right. Games. And that's not the case, right? That's not what it is. And I, and I think we're slowly getting back towards good overall programming because it's not about, okay, how do we, how do we match up with the pro, uh, CrossFit Games? It's like, well, they all thought it was like more, more harder more and more volume. Yeah. It's like, no, you have to create a well-balanced, good test that the layman fan can understand. You can be excited by what you see, even if you don't know what's happening and you don't destroy the athletes in the process. And I feel like kind of through like that 17, 18, 19 era of off season competitions, we would see people just like trying to out program each other. Like this dick measuring competition of event programming. Yeah, and it was definitely that. And the athletes, I mean, what was great is they just didn't care. They were like, uh, I'm going there, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to go there, and I'm going to do this. Well, yeah, this. they throw like, out $100,000. Like, yeah, I'll sacrifice maybe the beginning uh, part of my season for that. Right, <laughs> totally. Like, if I can do well in here, then I won't have to go to these next three events. So I'm going to go break myself off. And, I mean, they put you on the chopping block. I mean, like, some of the stuff they had to do was like, Oh damn! Like, mm-hmm. You're not fucking around with this anymore. Um, but still, you like that? Oh, that is a nice hoodie you got there. I do like this one. I like the hood a lot. It's really cool. And the thing I, I try to encourage events and other programmers that are doing these offseason events is, for the love of God, please stop trying to be like the CrossFit Games. You are missing yeah. the f- most fun part about being a programmer. Stop trying to be someone else. We already have the CrossFit Games. We have a six-month season of the CrossFit Games. Right. We don't need another one. We've got opens, quarters, semis, and CrossFit Games. We're good. Go be your event in your own way, in your own niche. Make sure it's good, it's well-balanced and things, but stop trying to be someone else and just be yourself. And I think Dubai has started to turn more towards that, right? They'd have their showcase event, but they were still trying to be like, we're on par with or we're harder than. So then that makes makes us equal or one of the same. Is like now you can see they're starting to trend more very Dubai-centric. And, you know, with that being said is event number one, the Burj Khalifa stair climb race. I'm just going to say this right off the bat. I think this is my favorite Dubai event ever programmed. For, for what they want their event to be, yeah. Right? Like this this event encompasses everything about their mission and vision about what they want the Dubai Fitness Championship to be. And this was it. And it's so yeah, simple, you, but it's it's almost perfect. Well, okay, you had the big sale, uh, and I I'm gonna mess that name up of that Al Arab. Yeah. I screwed so it up so one, much during those was, damn videos we'd have to make. They're like, no, you said it wrong again. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I know. Um, that one is great because you could see it in the background. The indoor ski slope was great because it's like, where else are you going to see that? Mm-hmm. But when you actually get to have the competition in the biggest building in the world and you get to run to the top. Yeah. Like that is something that, I mean, literally less than 50 people have done now. Right. The athletes and then like the handful of the shake and a couple other people like that's it. That's I mean, that's that's that is a bucket list deal uh, event for sure. I 
and it, you're right. It encompasses everything. It showcases Dubai, showcases fitness. I, I, and they could have had some more cameras in there. It was tough to shoot, but um, a very, very, very effective race. Extremely simple, but showcased fitness. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. It was, it was so awesome. awesome. It, like there, there isn't. You you couldn't have picked anything better to to do what they herald themselves as. We want to showcase yeah. our country, our landmarks, display our culture, get people really interested in it. And you know, for us, it's that we we've had the pleasure to to go there, right? To this, I mean, <laughs> it's. I mean, look at that, that thing. It, what's crazy is all those buildings, and that's what's so funny. It the the view that you that you get from the top, all those other buildings are like fifty store. They're skyscrapers, and they right. look like tiny two story condominiums when you're in that thing. Like you just, it just doesn't give it justice when you look at it, and it doesn't even give it justice when you're standing up in it. Like you, your depth perception is so screwed off. It's so messed up. Yeah, because you're so high. It's it is an absolute. It's absolutely amazing. But I yeah. think that the fact that they could do that. The fact that they go, hey, can we race in that? Mm-hmm. Whether it was offered, whether that was one that Matt picked, or that was something that... Oh, that, I think that uh, came down from the top. Like, that is that a Saud, top, Diego, dude, Muhammad. Awesome. Yeah. If that came from those guys, then, like, hell yeah. You guys mm-hmm. made a perfect pick. Perfect pick. And to start off that way. Sure. I only wish for them that uh, they could have had... You have 160 flights. Yeah, they could have had some other cameras in there. Whether well, they were, I don't think they iPhones like, or not. No, I don't think they legally, like traditionally, do that. I don't think it was allowed. Is well, what I, I heard. I mean, yeah, okay. would I would have loved to have seen this? Are you kidding me? It would have been amazing okay. watching. Like, but I, I legit, it wasn't like, oh, we don't have the capacity to. It's like we are not allowed to. Right. Because I don't now, know how much we got to use our phones until we got to the top. Remember, when we had to be sequestered in that room. Just kind of like waiting to get on the elevator. I think it's a, I think it's a big cultural thing too. Very possible. Now, with that being said, I don't want to say that the way that it's broadcast, the way it was broadcasted mm-hmm. um, or shown, um, affects the programming of the event. That may have affected oh, yeah. our perspective, like of the selfishly. Of walking, I would just love to see that. I mean, thank God Brian was there and was actually on like because i mean i was i hopped on with sevon which was really funny i i didn't really i hopped into that thread late i didn't realize that the event was going on and he was looking for someone to hop on to call it with him so i didn't have any information oh i was like like, i'm in bed bro and i threw your name out going on man (laughs) i know i'm like hey what's going on he's like okay and there's so and so we're gonna go i'm like oh i'm oh we're going okay all right um but it was great that brian was there and so we could um hear his little his uh shortcuts mm-hmm. uh because all we had was who's taking off and who's finishing like that was literally it and half the time you couldn't even really see the names very well so it was mm-hmm. really it was really hard but god it was a cool event i would have so loved cool. the, the guy the athletes that were there the people that were there they lucked out that would have been super yeah. cool to be part of and, you know and as far as the event went if you wanted to play uh like armchair quarterback and brian says the Fitness Championship Program Event 1 and Event 8. So Matt got to tinker with the middle in between there. Is This is more of like a how cool if, right? Now, what they had was they had athletes start about every two minutes in the stairwell, and they were pretty much isolated on their own. Some people got caught. Rarely did they. And you were just 
there with no music, no people, just you and your thoughts right. for 160 flights of stairs, which I love. <laughs> I love, right? And I know uh, some people like, oh, I wish it was a mass start and let them race up. But I was like, okay, there's a lot of logistical problems when it comes with that. And But if you wanted to be like, how cool if, is that, you know, we showed a picture of what the outside looked like. And if you guys are watching on YouTube, this top right, you see like there's the mall there. It's basically like a giant food court in the middle with this water in between. And there's a huge water show that happens. What is it? Like every hour, kind of like you see what the Bellagio in, in Vegas yeah, that's the that's the Vegas is like right. the tiny little brother the version of. <laughs> yeah. And but how cool would have been if they were like, okay, we're going to do a four hundred or eight hundred separator lap around the water, and then you're just running straight towards the Burj Khalifa. And that's like oh, your yeah. that's your separator. Can you imagine what that would like? You you're running through the crowds out there, and then as you take this turn, maybe it's just a 200 meter finisher straight towards it. And as you're running up, just being like, "Oh my god, I have to I have to run up this building." <laughs> right? I'm taking nothing. I'm like programming out the door. I'm just like, "How cool if? How cool if?" Right. Right. Is you're just running around that whole outdoor courtyard. And you have people that are there that maybe the, they time it so the fountains are shooting up and it's just a straight shot of the stairwell as this like shadow of a 160-story building towers over you as you know you're about to tackle this freaking beast. I do like the idea. I, I, I liked what they did as far as like separating everybody. So everybody went off in a two-minute shot. And so there was – I mean they, they said that there were some people that didn't see anybody mm -hmm. for the entire race. Talk about a The entire fuck. 30 minutes. I mean – yeah, seriously, that is so, like that is so crazy. But if you do a mass start where you have them do something, whether it's you run around the the fountains or you have them do something, I think it would be great because then they would really be pushing to want to get into the front of the stairwell, mm -hmm. and then you have people on you the whole time. Like we saw people. I mean, we saw uh, Dukic up at the top when he uh, Dukic up at the top when he just collapsed. Oh yeah, you know, we, I, I think I think it was the ankle thing because he was running different. But I mean, his body like he imploded. Oh, Brian said um, he like fit there was something not right. Yeah, like a I Cara mean, Saunders had, moment. Had, had the medic unit there. Yeah. But if and that was him being able to pace what was going on. Mm -hmm. If you aren't able to pace, and you're trying to race up to the front, now you got to deal with people in front of you, people behind you. Yeah. Um, how far are you going to push so you can get up in the lead? Um, being, you know, the jockeying inside trying to, uh, the, I mean, just the talking you can do, the shit talking you can do. And the, the <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, oh man, it's so tired. If you're like, that's right. It's so tired. You better hear that. Hear me say that. I'm so tired. It's like, I'm pass you up. Yeah. You're breathing so hard on my back. What do you, you know, like that? I just think that that would have been, that would have been really yeah. fun to see. It's just great. I mean, but, what a, what a cool, long, unique test of just saying, I was like, okay. To, where's your fitness at? Where's your mental fortitude at? Right? Yeah. Where's your, your like emotional spirit at running up a stairwell for 30 plus minutes. I thought it was yeah. great. What a great way to start. Awesome. What a great way to start. Awesome. The, the one thing I'll shout out to is I think we were, uh, we got sent kind of a mashed up leaderboard between the men and the women's times. And I think in the top 15, there are more women in the top 15 than men. If yeah. like off the top of my head, which is, yeah, Awesome. Yeah. Just shows, I mean, and we, but we see that. We said at an event when the CrossFit Games, it is a mixed bag of athletes out there winning everything. 
Uh, hey, what do you what do you think? And we talked about this on our thread, but just to throw it out there for everyone. So they had to wear a vest. Mm-hmm. Needed or not needed? <sighs> if the question is needed or not needed, not needed. Let them go. Yeah. Let them go. Is it My- bad that they have it? <sighs> no. No, exactly. Not at all, right? But if you just want to like, hey, just let's race up. I mean, part of it too is like, let's just set a world record with two CrossFitters. Yeah. Not by default either. I think, right. I think yeah. uh, Jamie Simmons is like the fastest female ever up the, uh, the steps, but needed, not needed, not needed. Let them, let them, let the horses run, man. Let them go. Right. I, I, I think that, that traditionally we have this, if we're going to run, like that's all we do. It's Dubai, right? Sand dune like, run oh, with the vest on. on or yeah. You got to have a vest on. Yeah. It's like everything is, everything is Murph. I don't think this one needed it because of the distance that was happening. I mean, I know that they, they right. had it the took best, care of actually itself. when they did the uh, the the snow hill run. Mm-hmm. When they did that, they had a vest on that, so maybe that's it's what true. they were thinking. It's a, they well, had here's, the vest when they ran in the desert. It's a Dubai so thing, right? Just, I think it's yeah. just a big Dubai thing. Yeah. Did it take away from the event or change no. anything? No, no. I don't. I, don't, I honestly no. It yeah. wasn't heavy enough to really make that big of a difference i mean yeah they felt it for sure but um i would have loved to see them just open the open the throttle on that and go yeah it would have been cool all right uh that's event number one <laughs> man you ocd'd right there really hard i did but i just i just really while wanted were, to get you were multitasking due. you just blast oh because out. well hey listen don't spell <laughs> cross it with a lowercase f <laughs> If you guys in the chat, so funny. you can talk shit to me all you want, but you better fucking spell that word correctly. <laughs> oh, all right. Let's move to event number two. So this was really day number one. So day number one was the Burj Khalifa. Day number two, I have to zoom in here a little bit when you get these, the hang clean ladder to kick things off. Now, I was talking to Savan about this as far as where to place these things because we, you know, we were a little unsure as how the athletes would uh, – handle the fatigue and and how that would look and really I like that they put it here to start off the second day because are they super fresh meh I mean they can handle this volume it's just it's a different test right climbing stairs is a lot different than running sand dunes right but I like that they put this here because this might have actually helped some of their recovery a little bit you're talking about just like a a, just a leg pump flash Going right. into the rest of the weekend, what do you think about putting it here as event number two? No, I, I, I per, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of this event. I mean, we've talked about um, just placing, placing and, wise, right? Not, yeah, not no, strength test itself. Totally. Um, so I, I, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the event itself, but mm-hmm. I like if you're going to have it like this, I like it where it is because Got just okay. you're exactly right. It's not high volume. These athletes can handle. Even if they're going to go max load for just a handful of reps, like I mean, they they train at such high volume anyway mm-hmm. with heavy weight. So this, yeah, they get to go heavy, but that's not, even if they get shot. I mean, we saw a lot of athletes. They you know they went for that heavy squat and they just get shot out the back. Um, that didn't do any damage to them really. Yeah, it didn't hurt them. So, no. um, they were fine. Yeah. And I, I think it was great. It was a good time to put that in. Yeah. I mean, okay. that way you can kind of get into the meat of the CrossFit stuff um, after you get through it. Yeah. Things. Look, we went 30 plus. Now we go hang clean for a max. Right. Uh, eight events, uh, a one rep max, 
only 20 people, so that does offset a little bit, I think. If this was a, a field of 60, throwing in a, an absolute strength test in there, we, you know, we've had our opinions on that, and we always preface it with opinion. The hang clean was unique. I haven't seen that. I, I didn't hate the hang clean itself. I did like the quick timing element of you got 20 seconds in one attempt. Yeah. And I think that was good from a pressure standpoint. And another one from a safety standpoint, because cleans, you know, it's like everyone always focuses like snatches and people's shoulders and elbows. It's like, have you seen someone clean something and not get their elbows around and break a wrist or a forearm or a, their hands? I mean, what, remember Becca Voigt a couple years ago? She like broke yeah. both of her hands. Yeah. Like, uh, from, from a clean. And I think, uh, I, I like the format. Is it being a tight timetable when it when it comes to that? I think uh, the question comes in is like, okay, like what's the, what what do we do with a tiebreaker? Because the tiebreaker was just I can't think it was just kind of like set up for failure with the way it was designed. <laughs> I don't have yeah. any problem with tiebreakers, but we have to find a better solution for the tiebreakers. What do you think? Um, and I don't even know what it would gonna, be off the gonna, top of my head. If you're going to make it the way that it was set up, mm -hmm. then you need to uh, you need to make sure that the athletes understand that they're going to get judged correctly when mm -hmm. they do the tiebreaker because it's going to be very tight. They're going all out because they want to get those points and they're going to be coming extremely close to not getting the range of motion that they need to get. So yes. I think the only way you can really do that is either you need to go with a heavier weight. That's not so easily moved. Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, or you go the other way and go with a lighter, a lighter weight and you're going for like, I don't know, an unbroken set who can like, like mm -hmm. go to see who stops moving kind of thing. So, so you have to kind of split. You got it. But, but that's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of time involved in that. Too. Yeah. I have an idea. This is not fan friendly because the tiebreaker is exciting to watch depending on the tiebreaker. Yeah. Oh, they're racing to the finish. That was really exciting. We saw the same thing on the sandbag, the bags over the yoke. And it was more of like, who's going to screw it up? Not necessarily who's the best at carrying the sandbag. Right. For this event, what if prior to event number one, they said your time for the stair climb is your tiebreaker for the hang clean? I'd be down with that for sure. But a little bit more, not that you need a little bit more, uh, I mean, I think you would have to know that. Uh, hopefully, they would know that. Right. And, and that's why I preface this. If they told them prior to event number one, okay, here's the event. We're running. is like, yeah, it's amazing. By the way, hang clean event is number two starting tomorrow, and this will be the tiebreaker for the wait. Yeah. Uh, I like that idea. I think that's cool. I have I have absolutely no problem with tying a a a previous event to a tiebreaker and and not just a previous event but a completely opposite side of the spectrum event too yeah totally just to give people a little bit more go get them <laughs> so, yeah. now if they did that I, I don't know uh let me actually let me see i'm curious about this close this out competition quarter purge complete the challenge this might that might have been a bad call for uh fabian 
Because mm-hmm. I think he got 16. Maybe that would have uh, boosted him up, right? So him and Fossa tied. Fossa beat him on the climb. He loses five points, possibly loses the Dubai CrossFit Championship. Yeah. Which makes it exciting. Right? right. We're just making shit up right now, guys. Making shit up. It's, uh, it's just ideas. I mean, the test any, itself. Any, you said you weren't uh, in love with it. Ah, uh, I, I think a hang clean is just. It's like a weird partial move. It's like, all right, you're gonna have a one rep on a one legged lunge. It just, I don't know. It just seems like a weird, a weird move if take to, to test strength. Um, I, I don't know if I if I'm not against a hang clean. But a one rep max hang clean just seems like CrossFit 2008. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like I I think that we can find a, a much better way. Yes, I know that we haven't seen a lot of those, mm-hmm. um, but then like bump the numbers up a little bit so that it's actually okay. Well, let's see you do something with that weight. Not is it some weird bounce that you're doing where it's you know not even a good. Uh, technique movement or whatever i mean i like seeing the good athletes get out there and lift um brian brian doesn't <laughs> like that it's, it was a good event i just don't like the movement i'm not saying it wasn't a good event like it's cool to see heavy people lift heavy things mm-hmm. that, i get it i think that a hang clean for a strength event is an odd strength event i just okay. think it's a weird strength event that's all i didn't mind it just because i, I, w- I would have done i would have done three reps on that ah uh, okay Again, so like make it more of a thing rather than like a, a, a half movement. Got it. Oh, okay. So not just, it's not, not the hang clean itself, just a one. No, we just did a kick ass hang clean workout today at the gym here. So it's like, I, I don't disagree with the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that having that as a one rep max, it, that's your strength event. It's a very odd strength event. Okay. I think. And one rep, that's all. Fair. But Brian, I like the races. There were there was. It's always fun to see people like lift heavy and get. Oh, like the PRs that. that were going down. I mean, like who tests a one rep max hang clean anymore? Right. Except when we had it. Uh, I think we had it. I want to say 2016. We did those off season pair up throw down things. Oh yeah, yeah, Remember yeah. There was a hang clean or hang power clean one rep max test. I almost yeah. broke both my wrists in the process, but I did hang power <laughs> clean 315. <laughs> so there was a time. All right. Event number two for day number two was get a grip. Now it was originally written as three rounds for time, 40, 30 cal row, 40 toes to bar, 40 snatches, 75 and 55. And then the second round is 20 snatches at 115 and 75. And then the third round was 10 snatches at 185 and 135. Now, we've all heard that there was a row delivery issue as far as uh, that, and they gave them ski ergs instead. So they changed it to ski ergs, the cows being 30 and 22. Now, this event is called Get a Grip, which is a good name for it before the ski ergs come. And then when the ski ergs came, you're like, okay, now it's uh, perfectly named right. for this. <laughs> now, that being said... When you look at the difference between the two events, the skier makes the event different, but I don't think at any point in time it made the event worse. No. I really, really liked the combination of movement patterns, right? You got that that redundancy of the first two movements with the skier and toes to bar. The skier is basically the same movement pattern and muscle groups, 
as you need for toes to bar. So not only do you need to have like stamina and endurance for both the monostructural and the gymnastics elements, then you pull in a, a snatch from the floor, which is the opposite movement pattern from ground to overhead versus overhead down to a hang position. Yeah, it just changed the it changed the different position of where that that back emphasis was going to be. So whether you're going ski to toes to bar, there's the emphasis. If the rower was there, it would have been the row to the snatch. Because if you have that row, and then I mean, like how many how many straight legged muscle snatches did you see in the first round of right. forty? Yeah, like a ton. If you would have the row in there, okay, I think that that would have changed what people were doing with the snatch a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because they wanted wanted to save the back, but that since they flipped it and had the skier again there, I think that that definitely changed uh, where the, that emphasis was going to go. So, I, but I love I do the the three pieces mm -hmm. so cool. I love this event. It was awesome. One thing I had a reserved of feeling on was the last ten snatch weights. Right, we went seventy five, added forty pounds to one fifteen, cut the reps in half from forty to twenty, and then we jump. 70 pounds from 115 to 185 on the women it's 55 to 75 and then 75 to 135 and that's a huge jump yeah under fatigue but after watching it i was like okay it, it wasn't like oh why did you do that are you not paying attention and i was i feel like it was a very deliberate weight choice at the rep scheme at the end of the event and once i watched it play out just letting kind of the event dictate itself I really liked that twist that it's one of those weird things that people don't train for possibly. I can see that. I can see that. Um, I mean, if I was, if I was probably writing this mm -hmm. myself, I think the 20 snatches, I would have had 135.95. In the 20? Yeah. Okay. Uh, just because I think the, the 40 snatches, super light, cut it in half, mm -hmm. you'd almost double you almost double the weight, almost. Right. And then cut it in half again. Yeah. So you're kind of like, so I mean, I but but I like that the lightweight pushed, it forced the envelope, it forced the envelope a lot more, uh, a lot harder. Mm -hmm. so the intensity level was up. Mm -hmm. So when you got, I mean, like, dude, 185 and 135 should be zero issue. Right. For all of these athletes. And it was an issue was for, for all of these athletes, except for uh, Karen Frey. She was the only one that was like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and take yeah, all that, the 10 of That girl was operating on a different level the entire weekend. Dude, she looks great. She looked great. Yeah. But I think that that was th this idea, honestly, this idea of how the lighter weight forced the issue at the top is almost what I was talking about when we were talking about the first Khalifa. Mm -hmm is if you don't put the vest on these guys, they're going to go faster, which is going to make them really, the last third is now going to be really important because you push way harder than you would normally. It's yeah. like these guys touching 75 pounds, when do they ever touch a 75 pound or a 50 pound snatch? Not, not since Randy in what, 2015 or so? Yeah, that's a single arm dumbbell for these guys. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So, uh, but it, it is it is really... I liked it. I liked the setup, and I loved the fact that they were struggling with the 185, 135. Mm -hmm. I loved think, it. What do you think about uh, the Fikowski split snatch? I was not prepared uh, to see that. Uh, I am all for that movement. I understand why someone would do the movement. Um, it usually, like for people that I've seen do it, it's usually if there's a shoulder 
uh, a shoulder issue. They can't mm-hmm. get the arm back very far. So now right. if you're straight up into that lunge position, you don't have to have that arm travel back. Uh, so that's why guys like in the old days, that's why Josh Everett would do that because he didn't have the shoulder range of motion yeah, to get yeah. into a heavy snatch. Um, but like, I don't think that he needed to lunge so dang low either. Like, I mean, maybe he did and he didn't want to squat it. Like, <laughs> man, then, then I, it was funny. I saw Brian, he made fun of, uh, uh, Jamie Simmons. Oh man, she's struggling. She's starfishing. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with the starfish. What are you talking about? <laughs> I would be starfishing that also, you know? So again, you're splitting your feet wide. Um, so you don't have to squat down as deep, but you the the idea with a split, any split, whether you're going regular or wide or whatever, is trying to decrease the angle mm-hmm. of that that you know at the knees, so you're not squatting down so deep. Like Brent was, so he was yeah, low he was still almost lunge. breaking parallel in the. <laughs> you're right <laughs> with a single leg. I know. <laughs> like that I don't was... think that that's making it easier for you, man. But I, you know, he he's a. Um, he has no problem stepping outside the box. I'm like, well, I'm going, here's my plan. I'm going for it. So yeah, whatever. It was only 10 reps. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was fun to see. It was unique to, uh, throw that out there, but I was like, Oh wow, we're doing this. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever tried it? I have. Yeah. It's, what do you think? Uh, I, I feel uncoordinated. <laughs> it's something you got to practice for sure. It's definitely 100%. something I had to practice. I'm like, which one do I go for? Cause I'm used to split jerking. Like I enjoy that. But uh, it is tricky because the timing of finishing my pull, pushing through the balls of my feet, and then moving. I mean, it's the same movement pattern, right? Once you get the bar above the knees, whether you're going shoulder overhead or hang, hang split snatch. But, yeah, it's, it, it tricks me up a bit. And, uh, well, yeah, because you're, I mean, you're just kind of, everything's floating. You're in the air. The bar's floating in the air from the ground. It was like all, it's like, well, I hope we're going to land somewhere, right? So, yeah, I don't know. it's crazy. I, yeah, thought I, it was- I, was, I was shocked he pulled that out. I was, that was interesting. Well, he had posted on his uh, Instagram about it. Uh, let's see if I pull this up. I'm sure he got hit up a ton about that. I mean, yeah. That okay. About it. Yeah. So, yeah, he put it out there. He says... Did he say, here's a good one that I did? Yeah, this is the one that was above parallel. All the other ones, he was like his back knee was touching the ground almost. Yeah, he said, the workout ended with 10 snatches at 85 kilos, 187, using a stubby barbell. That was the other thing too, right? You're saying getting in a better position. And that was it was one of those things I didn't really hear. And I didn't even talk about on Savan's podcast, but didn't hear is that you know, Fakowski's got a wingspan of an albatross. Right. And with the stubby barbells, it makes it much difficult because he's, he, Brent, if you've ever watched Brent snatch a regular barbell, is that dude basically goes collar to collar. Collar to collar, yeah. Right? Which helps with the range of motion where that bar sits on your positioning and your second pull and all that stuff. The stubby barbells do not allow for that to happen. And it also makes, as you said, your overhead position a little tougher. So... Yeah. With that being said, to the stubby barbells, he says, my coach and I decided that split snatch was the best plan to finish faster. Nine inches shorter from collar to collar on the stubby bars means I've got to get a bit creative. Shout out to Camille LeBlanc-Bazinet for the idea I've been waiting to use since I watched her crush the 21-15-9 complex at the 2014 CrossFit Games. That's where you had to alternate your legs. Right. (laughs) That was so weird. Yeah. (laughs) Or no, but the twenty one fifty nine complex. No, the complex. A, remember the idea for the long guy. Yeah, it was the complex, perfect not idea. the not the track triplet. Like she was oh, doing yeah, that yeah, on the yeah, power yeah, snatches. Yeah. yeah, got it. So listen, 
you, that guy has had that pocketed since 2014. That's pretty wild. Crazy. Yeah, pretty wild. Uh, all right. For the uh, Get a Grip itself, just overall feeling of the event? Uh, I liked it. I really I liked too. it. I, I, I did as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving into event number three, we finish off with Ride or Die. And over here now ride or die was the knockout basically version that we have seen come into play more and more with events like this uh that we've seen like we've seen waterpalooza try it we've seen rogue try it we've seen the games try it or do it right start it and the other ones have been trying it i think this is the first time where they successfully accomplished what they wanted to because what they did which i thought was great was instead of doing all the women first or all the men first and waiting for the scores to come in and video review is they designed the event so that you didn't need to do any equipment changes this is an echo bike and a rope and they would do a women's heat and then a men's heat and offset those so that the downtime was very minimal which i thank them for so much because what we had to go through in October. <laughs> so they had 20 athletes start. The men did 40 cals in the echo bike. The women did 30 straight into four or three legless rope climbs. The top 10 move on. And then they dropped the numbers, 30 and 20 in the echo bike, three and two in the legless climbs. And then final five, it was 20 and 10. And then two and one on the legless until your final five were found. What do you think I about like it? How, I like how simple the setup is. Mm-hmm. Um, my only comment to this, and I, I love I love, I love, love how they have to hammer on the bike and then you go to a gymnastic movement that if you if you walk too cautiously to the red line, you're done. Like, it's over. You you wait. You, you have no choice but to stand there and wait while everyone's working. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that every, like, the opener, the semi, and the final – are three different races. Okay. Yes. hundred percent. Like, so you aren't advancing your best people. And that's that you, it's like you've advanced the ones that can kind of go, all right, I can kind of make my way through the longer count. I'm not going to go all out on the 40 calories and 30 calories. Yeah. I have to be enough because I have to get these legless rope counts. I gotta, I can't not go fast, Mm -hmm. but I'm not emptying the tank. Then the next one, the 30 and the three and two, it's like, okay, I know how bad that felt. So did I choose my rope climb pace fast enough? Because I saw like Fakowski, he was all, I think he was last in his heat coming off the bike. And then he was second off the rope climb. Yeah, he was so very meticulous like, about his bike pacing. Element. And then all of a sudden the final was full bore, full bore, all go mm-hmm. as hard as you can on the bike, sprint to the rope, get up to the top and sprint to the end. It was like, it was... It was like three different set. It was same basic yeah. movements and all that kind of stuff. But I, it was three different. It was like three different strategies for each one of those. Each one of those races had a different strategy. I think. That's fair. Although I would say that we. I like. We, I like what it was. It yeah. was super fun to watch. We would see that. I mean, the same could be said on a clean speed ladder or a speed snatch ladder, right? The weights are light and then they get heavier, and so for different athletes, 
will have different experiences in the first round than they do the second and the third. Oh, that's totally true. That's totally true. I, I think that when we see those, we just think strength. It's like, right. who's stronger? They're going to make it through. Okay. Not like who's faster. This is, I, I just saw this where it's like, the if you watch the the pace, and even Matt said something about uh, when Matt was on with the, with the guys, uh, he was watching the tempo of some of the different athletes. And he's like, oh, there's so-and-so. And I'm watching, I'm like, I I don't think he's looks like he's pushing all that hard right now. And then the next round, I see him start to push a little harder. Yeah, I felt and like then it, on the last round, you know, so it's like there was a definite difference between you don't see people go super slow and pacing on like the lightweight bars on a, on a speed clean ladder. Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say, it was just, okay. I, I could see the it was obvious, uh, I think, on this didn't mean it was bad. Yeah, just I'm just presenting a. You know, there was, uh, there's differences from round to round in, in most knockout things we've seen, except for, I guess, Rogue was the same each time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's yeah, maybe Rogue that's one exactly difference between race. Rogues. Like Rogue in both the Duel 1 and Duel 2, it was the same race every time. Right. Right. And we, maybe we saw that. Another example is the obstacle course at the CrossFit Games. But the flip side example is clean speed ladder, speed snatch ladder, the clean and jerk ladder, like all of those had ascending weights. So similar format. It's not exactly the same thing as we go from one to the next. Just throwing out a just, conversation yeah, just, piece. Just, just talking. I, I yeah. love the race. I loved I loved watching it. I, I think the fact that they went men to, or women to win, you know, women, men, men back and forth to give the amount of time to give the setup uh enough time to give the athletes enough time to race appropriately mm -hmm. um i thought it was cool it, it was just it was just really interesting watching the difference between the strategies of the different events yeah when i again like if we're if we're pushing it towards um like the speed clean ladder the strategy there's no there's it's really not a strategy there it's like well, I mean, if it's light, I can lift it fast. Okay, cool. When it's heavy, it's just like, oh, please, am I going to get this weight? <laughs> yeah, like right. It's not a strategy of, you know, what am I, what's my strategy? It's like, am I going to get it or not? Mm -hmm. Can I lift this weight or not? I don't know. So, um, but I, I, I thought it was cool. I, I liked the setup. I thought it was really, um, it was a very, again, another very simple, right, but very effective race, mm -hmm. of which there were really good races. And so and the men and the women's side. So we look at day two and what transpired and it's, uh, it's okay. We started the hang squat clean. So, you know, hinging pull into a squat for the hang squat cleans event. Number two, upper body pull and interior core hinge on the ski erg, same thing on the toes to bar. And then the opposite of that hip hinge pull overhead with the snatch so like that we've hit a there was a lot of redundancy in there and that's not a bad thing right we right. say like jt is in an incredible redundancy test movement and in fact that's way more redundant than this one was it had you know a good mix of the two we had what, monostructural weightlifting gymnastics great we've got a triplet two opposing or or conflicting movement patterns that go into the opposing one i like it and so okay now we move to the bike we've got the the assault or the Echo bike, and then upper body gymnastics pull with a legless rope climb. So we've, in total of the three events, we've hit quite a bit of the upper body <laughs> area in terms of sure. pulling and hinging. As we move into the third and final day of competition, we start with, oh, by the way, shout out to Brian for the, the uh, event title, Ride or Die. 
Oh, nice job. Dude. Yeah, he, he picked a couple Solid of these. Work. He picked a couple of these. Uh, as we look at the interval event that we had, Fast Like an Oryx, which is an interesting title, but those things it's like a long, antlered, tall gazelle-like creature. And with this one, okay, 2.30 on, one minute off of four sets. Everything starts with a 10, 10 shuttle runs down and back, 10 burpee box clear overs at 24 and 20, and then max thrusters... The first set of thrusters up until 40 was at 70 pounds for the men with dumbbells and 50 for the women. If they got through that, and then they could drop down to 50 and 35. Oh, didn't mean to take that off. These events are so hard to get right with the time frames, with the numbers, with everything. So hard. And after watching it, because I, I really was unsure because I was trying to think in my head, I was like, these guys are going to have like 30 or 45 seconds max to get these done outside, say maybe the first round when they're fresh and they're really excited right. and they hit those dumbbells for the first time. I'm like, oh shit. Right. <laughs> and I think there was a few women that got into the, the lighter dumbbells for the last round. A couple had finished but didn't get to one yet. And I think, you know, your top 10 men, maybe 10 to 15 got done with their weights and dipped into the lighter weight at the end of the third round where they all had a shot at the fourth. And if you're thinking about that as your guide, I think he nailed it as far as the weight and the reps for the dumbbells. Yeah. Right. Everyone's maybe they're like fighting their ass off to get done in the third round. That's what you want to see. You don't want to see anybody done in the second round unless they, (laughs) unless they pay for it dearly. Right. It's like, okay, you did it. But now you will suffer the consequences. And on the flip side, you don't want anyone... I mean, you want... Like, if some people don't make it, fine, right? It's a test of fitness. It's not a participation competition. But to get maybe more than half of your field or close to into the later rounds, you know, that third to fourth round for sure is, uh, is I think, would be the goal. Like, where, where, uh, do you, where do you see that kind of falling between the third and fourth round when you want people to hit that number? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the... And I think that that takes a lot of testing to see where people are going to fall. I mean, like when, when Dave did that, uh, for the, uh, uh, what was that? The GHD. Oh, the, um, GHD burpee sandbag over the wall and the carry. I mean, sometimes it doesn't work out. (laughs) It doesn't work out. That's the thing is like, okay, when, when you're testing, you, you have to make sure that you have people that can test it or, at that caliber, you know, that so that they can run that. So, you know, actually where you're going. I love the fact that they went the heavyweights and then mm-hmm. down to the lightweight. Mm-hmm. It doesn't allow them. They can still be in the hunt. Like it, 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 it allows the intensity to stay up once they, once they hit that threshold of 40, if they're able you know, if they're able to get there. Um, I, I just hate shell runs. I <laughs> I'm, like I'm, I don't know what the heck happened. Uh, it's like we have, one but you, have you have been consistent with that since they came out, and I'll give I, you that, I, right? Ever I, since I, it first got unveiled, you have been saying the same thing. It's like okay, I get it. I know that we can do like now we can put running in the workouts. Cool, awesome. Mm-hmm. Now every single event has done a shuttle run. Every single one has done a yeah. shuttle run, and it's like I just. I would rather have them, I don't know. I think Brian said that it was like 600 feet is what it ended up being. So it's okay. 200 meter run, 
have them run the length of the circle of the thing and then come back to their, I don't know. Oh. I just think that it's so boring to watch people like. I mean, they had the space. Yeah, totally. That's actually not a terrible idea. I don't know. That's just, that, There'd that's be some traffic personal jams. Personal opinion. But... I just think that it's silly watching people run back and forth like 10-foot segments like that. I, I mean, silly. if you're throwing that out there, yeah, I would have liked to have seen that. The time frame's not going to be much different. 200 meter run. That's a, no, not even. 45, maybe less. Yeah. Uh, less time, more intensity on the legs, I think. Because yeah. you don't have the start, the stop, the little hop, the slow trot. Like, it, The buy-in becomes a bit more significant. I like that. Anyway. Anyway. I like the, I really like the descent from the 70s to the 50s. I was unsure how athletes were going to handle it. And as always, they never cease to surprise me or <laughs> prove me, not, not prove me wrong. I was just curious. I was like, man, that, that seems rough. And you saw them all out there and you're just like, damn, you guys are monsters. Yeah. Dude, they are just beasts. monsters. The way they just they they move around, like I'm watching them do it, and it's like you can't just say, "Oh, that's 140 pounds," or you know, 100 pounds yeah. you know, for the ladies on a thruster. It's like, uh-uh, like that. That is drastically single arm thrusters like that. Well, single arm weighted. Uh, uh, there's so much more stability that goes into that. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's where you saw like Han Portier. His elbow was already. I think it was on that one. I don't think it was on the, the double press. But uh, he was he, already starting to struggle with his elbow. Yeah, he heard it on the clean. Because of the I positioning. Think. Yeah. Right. So I mean, like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of variables that go into that rather than just a, a thruster. Mm-hmm. So I I thought I really liked it, and I think that that changed it rather than it being a barbell thruster for sure. Oh yeah, I mean the stability element in general, like by huge. itself, is huge. It's a huge, yeah. huge part of the dumbbell thruster. Yeah. Now that makes for Gross looking reps under fatigue, but that's a whole nother thing that we yeah. don't really care about right now. But when you when you talk about okay, the the clean from event two and okay, how does that it was like okay, we talked about shoulder girdle and front rack. I was talking to J.R. Howell about this. It's like, okay, okay, what did we do the day before? We did some heavy squat cleans, we did a lot of overhead pulling to the hang for both the ski and the toes to bar, the ground overhead with the power snatches, the legless rope climbs under maximum intensity. And then we come into here with some burpees off the ground. Yes, it's only 10, but it's 40 for the workout. And the stability that you're going to need with that upper body rack shoulder girdle position and then the presses overhead is that they handled it so well even after the fatigue that they're coming in with from, from the day prior. Right, which was again, it's just imp- uh, another thing to just say how impressive they were yeah. during this. But that being said, I think timing wise, weight wise, rep scheme wise, they nailed it. Yeah, they nailed it. Was, it. it was great races. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, the races were good. It's where everybody was finishing up, where it was putting them. Yeah, it was, I mean, look uh, how close it was. Like on the 63, 62, 62, 60, 56, 52, 50, yeah. 50, 50, 49, right? And so maybe uh, I put this out there is like you see some ties in here. We don't have a tiebreaker here, but we had a tiebreaker for the clean. Well, I think that you're going to have more of a grouping on the cleans than you would on this. Oh, yeah, but we had more grouping on this than we did in the cleans. <laughs> Did we? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> so the, the one thing I threw out there, 
Again, this is always one of those incentives, right? Okay, so my tiebreaker idea for the hang clean was your time from the Burj Khalifa run. My tiebreaker here would have been your total time it took to get to your dumbbells for the workout. Okay. I like the idea, but the logistics of that, it wouldn't happen. Well, logistics aren't my problem. Do your fucking job. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, okay. I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, do your job. <laughs> Hold a stopwatch in your hand and write it on the piece of paper. I don't think there's that much logistics to it. Uh, Three, two, one, go. When did friend. your feet hit the ground? Done. There's your stopwatch. You just got... I'm, I'm busy counting and trying to look for... Then have another reps. person. Although sure they only the had feet... 10 judges total is what Matt said out there. So maybe it was a little bit more than what they had. But I'm just... Uh, this is a what if would have been nice oh, scenario. Okay. Not they should okay. have done this, but... Well, I guess I am saying they should have done this. But... <laughs> is... Uh, yeah, the tiebreaker, because we had a lot of ties is I think your total time it took to get the buy-in work done just to make people want to do something stupid just in case they're not paying attention. Uh, I would have said um, your time Ooh. to get to 40 of the... Thrust. Okay, that was just came in my brain as you were saying that. <laughs> no extra stopwatches. It's already there. Or you, you want to hear a shittier one? How many... Reps you got in your first round. In the first set, yeah. Then it's just the workout. We don't have to do anything. Then then it's easy. Your judge already counted for you. Yep. So your tiebreaker is your total reps in the first round. I'm just thinking of ways to just really screw you up. <laughs> <laughs> now, arguably, there could be more ties in the first round, but at least it would have been exciting to see. True. Anyway. Uh, no, they did a great job. The way they test this, it, it nailed it. As Jared said, is you know the attention to detail that went off, and I heard Matt on the broadcast saying he was most nervous about this to get it right, and it just it goes to how hard it is to get it right. Well, and that's the thing is like it, it, there are so many events that you can draw up that, that look great on paper mm -hmm. that just fall flat on its face if it's not tested right with the right people. Yeah. It could be great for games athletes if you're putting in a local competition, and then it fails miserably. Or it could be a really great open workout, but you put it in the games, and it's just too easy mm -hmm. for everybody. Now, I know so we, we talked about the GHD one from the games with Dave in 2021. They tested yeah. that so much. Like, yeah. at nauseum, and they still didn't get it right. Because these athletes are ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. You have okay. to have good athletes testing, though. Yeah. You have right. to have the best, so... Yeah, yeah, you know, Matt and his crew are pretty good. Um, okay, event two for day number three called Heavy Handed. Now, what this was was 75 heavy double unders, a 90-foot sandbag carry at 200 pounds and 150. I know it says 100 here. 50 chest-to-bar pull-ups, 90-foot sandbag carry. Basically, it was three 30-foot lengths is how they did it. Right. In a bear hug carry position, which, you know, that is an important awesome. piece of that, into 75 heavy double unders. Now, if we just do the isolate this event by itself before we expand maybe on what we've had to this point, this was really gnarly. Yeah. Like, it was a cool up-and-back sprint-esque chipper. 
You start with the heavy ropes. Like, okay, we're going to spike your heart rate and tax your grip and your upper body. Cool. Now pick up this heavy-ass bag and carry it in a bear hug carry with most of you couldn't really wrap your fingers, so you were just upper body, shoulder, grabbing on for dear life while the bag's sitting on your chest because now you can't breathe. Your arms are shot, and your heart rate is (laughs) elevating significantly, and then throwing on the rig for 50 chest bar pull-ups. And then once you're done, whatever you got left... it was by far the hardest 50 chest to bar pull-ups I've ever seen these athletes do before. Right. You have oh. badasses that are like breaking it where they would never be breaking before. Mm-hmm. And I think only, I think, yes, they were fatigued, but they, they felt how shitty it was to pick up that bag on the first set. And, and depending how long their arms were, mm-hmm. this was really, it was really weird when you have a, you know, a movement with uh chest to bar pull-ups in it where your long limbed athlete now has the advantage because every like that's not enough reps for people to really like have a huge passing but they feel the struggle but it's like now how do you carry that bag yeah can you get your hands locked or are you having to hold on to it with your fingertips because that's just not going to work and some people just couldn't do it yeah i mean you just physically not yeah could not get their arms around it which is great i mean if you are a a taller or or just a long-limbed individual Usually those people are taller, bigger athletes. Your advantage you have there is a slight disadvantage, right? The slight advantage or disadvantage is offset on the pull-up bar traditionally. Yeah. If you're bigger, you're usually heavier. If you're heavier, you've got longer arms. So, like, okay, the sandbag was great, but now these pull-ups are not as great. And the opposite goes for the person that maybe have a shorter, smaller person, less grip around the bag, but you get on the pull-up bar and it's like boop, 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 boop. So there's a, a decent yeah. balance in there. And then the double unders are the double unders, right? It's heavy. Right. It's hard to get through it. Uh, I like what JR had here is, is on a day where pressing was dense, it's a good change of pace with the pulling and grip limiter. And what do we just do? We just did 40 burpees at max intensity, 60 plus dumbbell thrusters, 40 of those being at an extremely heavy weight. We have handstand walks coming and we have the devil's press and the ring muscle ups later so yeah good change of pace for the day more upper body for the competition no they're all they're all jacked they got they got nice big arms yeah yeah maybe i'm just like (laughs) speaking for myself my baby arms uh all in all this is this was a cool this is a cool one i liked it yeah and i like it you know like what jr was saying i like that this is a flip-flop to what Mm -hmm. the event before this was so you know it's cool i it's Again, you can see that they are being very aware of where they're putting things in. There's mm. not just redundancy, 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 back to back to back to back to back. Yes. There yes. may be redundancy of movements, but like there's a split between them. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I like to see that there's, I like to see that that is there. I like um, that you brought yeah, that up because that is an element not talked about a lot with programming. For events specifically. But it's funny because it's the same thing that should be happening in the week at your affiliate. Right. Like, yeah, you can have all these events and they're all great, but if you put them in the wrong order, you can screw up. It's like, well, what does that change? It's the same movements, weights, rep schemes, and everything. But it's like, yeah, but it's a lot different than saying going, if we did get a grip and then did this as event two, and then the 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 echo bike right, right. rope climb on the final day of competition. 
along with the the final event. Like, could you imagine if all four of those were put together? Like, that's what we're saying is like being able to put things in the right place is a a good sign of a, a good programmer. Well, and yeah, in programming isn't just the individual events. It's how you put all those mm-hmm. together. That's part of the program. That's yeah. Yeah, that's just as important as the event that you're putting together. Gigi said is like super fun to watch. I agree it was fun to watch because it was really the only event we got a lot of movement to know where people were at. Yeah. We didn't get a whole bunch of that this weekend, which is it's hard to do depending on the competition's limitations itself, right? With selfishly, we want to see the story unfold where you can just tune in and know exactly who's in the lead and who's not. As far as the rig shaking part, as awesome it was as a fan, that fucking sucks when you're actually doing the competition. There's nothing oh worse God. than going up for a chest of our pull-up and the rig move you away from it. you. <laughs> you <missed it>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real fast, Gigi asked if uh, I, I have no problem with the sandbag carry visually because I know that like they're working. So yeah. visually, I can see that they're working. And I know that when you have a sandbag, especially a, a bigger one like that, you cannot breathe. That thing is right on your diaphragm. Mm-hmm. So to me, I can see they're working. When I'm seeing shutter runs and people are like lean just bored back and forth it's bad it's just boring yeah. to me. i don't know it's not bad whatever all right next okay. event uh, on the final day of competition two down two to go that was heavy handed which was a great name for the event by the way they had, they had the good names brian? did brian do that one i don't know maybe i think so we'll see barbell furious now we talked about dubai doing very dubai things now bill or um, brian had said the fitness championship team Programmed event number one and the final event. Obviously, event number one, pretty clear. Final event, we'll get to here in a second. Now, this one, they didn't. Matt did. However, this is a very Dubai-esque event. There tends to always be some type of barbell, chipper. It might be mixed with something else from time to time, but this was one we saw. They used snatches one year. I think it was sevens. It's like power snatch, hang, squat snatch, and then squat snatch or something like that. Yeah. Seven at like 165. So total trap weight sprint. Uh, the event daughter was very close to this, right? Oh, that Now that right. mixed with like chest to bar and, and bar muscle ups, but it was clean. It was like cleans and front squats and shoulder overhead, right? Very similar. So this is not unlike anything we've really seen at Dubai with a, I would say, Matt Fraser twist. Because this complex is very reminiscent of Macho Man, totally. which is three power cleans, three front squats, three shouldered overhead on the minute every minute, really until you can, uh, till you quit. Right. And when Matt was ascending to his dominance, the, the word got around that Matt Fraser did Macho Man for like 20 rounds at like 205 or something like that, and then just decided to stop. I think there was a there was a video out when he was uh, with the comp train group, and it was him and Noah. Uh, Katrin was in there. I think uh, Easy Muhammad was in mm-hmm. that group, and they were all getting after that. And that that is a I love that event. I love that workout. Yeah. So when I when I saw this, I was all fired up to watch them go for this. Yeah. One. Uh, I really liked what this was. Brian said the DF- DFC did provide parameters for the work between events two and seven. Makes sense. You can you can see that. You can you can yeah. see that. I mean, with the the event we just talked about, the little sprint chipper, the this one, um, the interval one. They've had ones like that, especially like they'd like to do bikes and burpee box jump overs and sprints. 
Uh, equipment time domain stimulus, what they're looking for were some of the parameters that uh, HWPO had to work with, which, you know, that, like we said, it's like when I see this programming, I see a Dubai competition. So this in particular, 10 cleans, 10 front squats, 10 shoulder overhead. You can power clean if you would like to. 100 kilos, 70, it's 220 and 154 for the women. This did not disappoint. So good. And as anybody would predict, well, no, I don't want to say anybody, but uh, if, you, if you know your stuff, right, if you've watched these things in the past, it's the last 10. really doesn't matter what the movement is, but usually the first two are designed to screw up the third. <laughs> and when the third is a shoulder to overhead after the power cleans, the front squats, like, okay, rack position, fatigued. Legs, core, fatigue, good. You're going to need all of that to get one of these, let alone 10, with a short bar that has no whip, basically feels 20 or 30 pounds heavier in the rack position because that bar is not going anywhere but just crashing down on top of you. Yeah, and it immediately cuts the group into thirds. It's like, okay, the strong athletes that are able to get to the bar, they can handle it and go unbroken, Cool. Then you have the ones that roll the dice and you see them right, get right. like seven and they're like, ah, oh, they do the quiver <laughs> and it comes down and you're like, well, now I'm sitting here for 30 seconds because I'm too tired to get the bar up or the ones that are like, there's no way I'm going to try and do that unbroken. So I'm going to strategically try to break these. And I mean, it, it just, it like instantly everybody goes into a group. Which one are you going to be? And it was, I mean, it's always fun to watch who's going to push mm -hmm. to get into that, into the, uh, the, the, the last segment here, the shoulder overhead. And then like, I just love see, I love it when people roll the dice. I love it when they're oh, like, okay, the I can get to eight and then you see them. They're just mm -hmm. quivering all over the place. And it's like, oh man, how the hell am I supposed <laughs> to flip overhead? When you're right, yeah. you just shot your legs out. Front rack is just smashed. You can't breathe anymore. Um, but it, it, again, very simple setup mm -hmm. with a very uh, obvious stimulus and a, a fast rate. It's, it's quick to get to the race. It's quick to get to where it's like, okay, now it gets exciting. Right. It's not exciting on the clean, so you're like, whatever. Front squats, you're like, okay, that's like the buildup, and then it's all the shoulder to overhead, and it's 10 reps, and there's so many good races in that 10 reps. Yeah, and it really was, but you have to have all your ducks in a row those last five shoulder overhead. Oh, hell yes. You got to totally. be strong. You have to be mobile. You have to have your technique dialed the F in because, again, we want to backtrack. What have we done until this point? This is event seven of eight. Getting late on a Sunday, probably a little fatigued. Just today alone, what do we just do? Heavy double unders, 150 of them. Grip, forearms, shoulders. Sandbag carry, 180 feet with a 200 or 150-pound bag in a bear hug position. Grip, forearms, shoulders. Then we had those 50 chest of our pull-ups in the middle. Great. Grip, arm pull, arm pump. We did the dumbbells prior to that too. Burpees, dumbbell thrusters. So you have been fatigued greatly going into here, especially in that front rack pressing position. Your grip is smoked. It's going to get more taxed as you sit and do power cleans if you decide to go touch and go or singles. Your grip gets taxed immensely on front squats. I, don't, I think that's one of those things that people maybe don't think about, especially if they don't have the best rack position. But your fingers getting pulled back and this, the, 
the tension on your forearms is a huge fatiguer. And now I've got to go overhead 10 times after all that. Yeah. So it was a good test with what they went through to really see who's fit, who's strong, who has some stamina, but who can ride that line, as you said, and keep their composure with good technique, really being their savior at the end. Well, and then I, I think that the weight that they picked was was nailed they it. Hit it. They hit the nail on the head on that one. It, they, it didn't have to be like 275. You know, it didn't have to be that heavy, but mm-hmm. then they, it was so light that everybody's in the mix. It forced, it was just enough to force a risk. Mm-hmm. And were you willing to try to risk to get into the top five? Or were you going to try and like, okay, I'm, I'm not even going to go for that. I'm not going to take that chance. And I'm shooting for, you know, ninth to fifth in mm-hmm. the middle there, like with that one break. Yeah. Like don't uh, screw up. Break. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is an athlete. It's like, okay, I need to take a chance, but I cannot do something I'm not capable of. Yeah. Cause if you, if, I mean, if you, if you take a swing for the fence and strike out, like this could be an event that you could be an athlete that could place third and fourth. And you end up 15th. Right. Top five, bottom five. Yeah. Easily. Easily. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy, which I love. I love that it puts a lot, there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I mean, it, actually a lot of these events have that where it's what, how, how much are you willing to risk? Because if you yeah, risk one, a good point. one little item too much, then it becomes a very expensive rep. Oh, very yeah. Expensive I mean, think, rep. okay. Um, Burst Khalifa run. You don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> you come out too hot. You come out too hot in the first three flights of stairs. It's over. Yeah. There's no recovering. The, let's see. Oh, screwing up your pace on get a grip. Screwing up your pace on the echo bike. Jumping up too soon on a legless rope climb. Yeah. Doing too many dumbbell thrusters in the first set. Or going out too hard on the burpee. Cl- like, you're right. There's. There are elements in here that we saw come up in the games a little bit that we saw with Boz is execution being an element that is tested, not only tested, but very prevalent. That's a good yeah. pickup. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Chest of bar pull-ups. I mean, oh, it's great. I did 30. It's like, cool. And then what'd you do at the end? It's like, well, then I did five and then lots of and twos. Did- <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. It's like, okay, so we broke 12 times maybe we should have picked the rep scheme where we only broke four <laughs> that's the game we play. Now I can't pick the bag up I like that yeah execution all right final event event number eight walking with the devil I believe this was a Brian one too which is nice job, just great just a great name great job 11 minute time cap handstand walk it was really it was 90 feet or so and it didn't have to be unbroken so 90 foot handstand and walk 20 ring muscle ups for both the men and the women 30 devil press 50 and 35 into a dumbbell overhead walking lunge to the finish 90 feet on the front end 90 feet on the back end isolating this by itself this is a I mean, like we said, this is a very Dubai final, and they programmed it, so clearly it is a very Dubai final. You got handstand walking mixed with ring muscle-ups. We've seen that a lot over the years in yeah. Dubai. Devil presses, here we are again, and then an overhead walking lunge to the finish, which really, it's, it's really hard to beat a finale when it all comes down to overhead walking lunge, and we did not get disappointed for the men's side, especially <laughs> when it came down to the end. 
But by itself, okay, handstand walk, inverted, 20-ring muscle-ups. Now, I was looking at the times as this was going on, and really for the men, the women were a little bit all over the place with their proficiency on the rings, but most were getting done with the first half of this event in about two minutes, 2 to 2.30. And the back half was about double that time frame. Not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying what it was, right? The, The back half took much more time to accomplish the work than the front half. Obviously, you have 10 more reps on the devil presses in a movement that takes twice to two and a half times as long per rep than the ring muscle-up. But you have the overhead walking lunge offset with the dumbbell overhead walking lunge. Did I say overhead? What did I just say? Handstand walk, walking lunge? Did I say that? (laughs) What just came out of my mouth? I don't know. Anyway, your thoughts on the final event. Uh, I think that it was a win to have the lunge at the end. I mean, that, that slow march to the finish, Mm -hmm. it just has a natural buildup to it anyway. So I think that was really cool. Um, I actually liked the way that it was set up because if you look at the handstand walk and the amount of time it would take, the ring muscle up comes, I, I think at least loosely on paper. I don't want to say doubles that, but it's it's a little bit longer than that. Then you have the longer devil press, and then you have the longer overhead. So it's like this. It kind of stretches as it gets to the end. So it does start off faster in the beginning, which I think is a good thing. And I, I like that it does. Um, what's Brian saying about the... the uh, it was originally programmed oh, with a yoke. Shit. I like. I like. That's heavy. I like the. I like the overhead walking lunge. I think the overhead lunge really was, a, was a great win. Um, and what what made the lunge better than a yoke? I think is that you saw epic fails with the lunge. You saw the arms that had to be supported up overhead. Mm-hmm. In fact, that was Brent. Brent, like his arm just just, just I mean, turned literally off caved <laughs> to the back. And you know, on on a on a yoke. Yes, it's heavy, and yes, the number is impressive. And I, I mean, I get that with the midline stability and all that. But um, people just come down like this, and they they bring it down, they start back up again. It is. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as dramatic um, as you would see with the uh, with the 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 lunge. But I I I like the last event. I thought it was super fun. Me too. I thought the the ring muscle ups. It didn't need to be more. It wasn't a ring muscle up test. I di- I didn't see it as that. Yes. Um. I like the I like the thirty devil press. Okay. Uh. Again, it wasn't too big of a number. Um. That they were having to kind of slog through it. Um. Even though some of the athletes, man, they come down so different than I do. I cannot yeah. just go from a t- dumbbell to the top to la- straight down to the ground with their hands still on the dumbbells bouncing. I don't know how mm-hmm. they would do that. But um, I, I really liked it. I really liked it. Yeah. I, when I'm looking at this alone, I love all the interference going into the final lunge. Totally. It, it's like a giant setup. 100%. You see Handstand all these walk. It, okay. It doesn't need... It, it just as matters like how you pace that right is all it means it's like three movements of buy-in and now your race is the overhead walking lunge mm-hmm. yeah when it came to the end the ugh, the ring muscle-ups were fine I like the number better for the men just because it made it a little bit faster where the 20 for the women that was a huge part of the success in that event for them. True. I agree with that. Might have been with that. not necessarily the opposite for the men, but women cycle 
35 pound dumbbells and devil presses way easier than men, just like a 150 pound bag versus a hundred uh, when it comes to a sandbag. So the offset is the devil presses were more difficult for the men to do at 50 pounds. As far as maybe like race, I wouldn't have hated to see 20 devil presses because it was, it was more like watching a torque tank race. Kind of. Yeah. It's like, Hey, no one's really going to fail. Someone could screw up by going out too hard. But, I mean, you watch Brent Fikowski and Fabian Benito who were tied going into this event, and all they did was just go rep for rep, very slowly, casually, for 30 reps. Yeah, they And were, I see that a as... Lot, a, a lot of stepping. Yeah. And so maybe a little less could encourage people to go a little quicker, okay. and ramp up the race a little bit more. But, again, this is a little nitpicky there. But, it like I said, the first part took two minutes. The next part took five to six. Right. right. Not a bad thing, just an observation. Uh, but all that going into, okay, inverted overhead walking, core fatigue, handstand walks, going to the ring muscle-ups. You still have the core that you need to have that quick snap of the hips and that anterior dive over the top and that press out of the dip, right? Ring muscle-ups being much more of an upper body press than an upper body pull. And then you have the devil presses, which is almost the opposite difficulty in a sense, right? It's, it, there is a little press out, but it's a big pull through the middle, right? right. So it's a, a opposing movement patterns, but huge on the posterior core, huge on the anterior, like your whole midline is really what takes the brunt. But we've done all of this overhead work to get to the end. It's like, yeah, I like that. Cool. Fatigue it to the end and see who can hold on. But in the previous event, we just went overhead a lot with the right. front rack position in a squat and the power cleans. In the previous event, we just did heavy dumbbell, had double unders. We did a bag carry. We did chest to bar pull-ups and then work our way back. In the previous event, we just did thrusters in the rack position with dumbbells. Right. In a rack position going overhead. The previous to that, we did upper body pulling with the legless rope climbs. We did upper body pulling and with the skier and the toes to bar and the snatches overhead and then in the uh hang clean not as much what was the was that it on day two those three or there yeah that yeah. was just those three right so we have tested the upper body significantly a lot <laughs> a, lot. <laughs> a lot a lot um Again, observation, but when you look at the totality, it's like, okay, how many times did we, but okay, so flip side, okay, let's go, okay, upper body pull, what's the opposite? Okay, let's see below parallel. Well, we just ran 160 flights of stairs with a vest on. Lower body has been taxed, lungs especially, right? We had the echo bike cows, okay, we had the, uh, the squat cleans, is part, well, they didn't have to squat, but they <laughs> eventually all had to squat, right. except for the tiebreaker. <laughs> Minimal, right? 10 to 15 reps at the most with lots of rest in between. Uh, the next day, 60 dumbbell thrusters at a heavier weight at this with breaks. So 10 front squats. Doesn't offset as much, right? What we did no. getting below parallel. Pulling from the floor, snatches on all three. Uh, pulling from the floor, dumbbell press or devil presses. Um think front rack position work, bear hug carry, the uh, hang cleans, the dumbbell thrusters, right, devil presses in a sense. So there's a bit more upper body. And it, Brian just put this, well, he had this up here, and I was just saving it for the end form. He's like, 
the final event couldn't have worked out anywhere. I, you're right. It was, right. it was perfect. It was now with the yoke carry, even if they didn't put the yoke carry instead of the dumbbell lunge, it wasn't enough to offset all the upper body that we did. In fact, the yoke carry, yes, it's a midline tax and it's some legs, but you, to have your a 650 pound yoke on your back, it requires a lot of upper body front rack shoulder stability. Hands look like a quarterback today. No. Am I talking with my hands too much? Does it even look like my hands when they're this close? Like there's somebody underneath my arms and is like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. There's a real side. There's not a coffee mug on my table. I already did that once. Uh, all right. We come to the end of the Dubai Fitness Championship. Eight events over the course of three days. We start at the Burj Khalifa. We ended with the walking lunge to the finish line and event number eight. Bill, your Element 26 thumb tape review, sir. Uh, I love that they were able to bring the Burj Khalifa into the fray. I thought that, that was super cool. Um, I like the way that they finished and made the adjustment with the lunges instead of the yoke for the finish. I think that that, that would have made it would have made a or it was a more exciting finish than it would have been with the yoke. I think that would have been kind of a boring finish. Um, individually, I really do like the events. I thought the hang clean was a little weird to pick as a, as, a, as a single one rep max strength event. But generally speaking, I think that they were a lot of very fun races to be had. Um, the blending, it's always tough to blend two different programmers. And if you have mm. the DFC programming one in eight, and then you have Matt and company programming the middle, and they're giving you parameters of what they want you to work in, like the more parameters you have on yourself as a programmer, the more difficult it gets mm. to be able to try to, yeah. because you, I, myself, when, especially if I'm doing an event or I'm doing a week of programming at the gym or whatever, there's a thread that runs through that. And when you don't have a full thread, it's hard to keep that flow. I think to where you can play off of each other and, and move things around or whatever. I do like that for the most part, pushing and pulling went back and forth. Yeah. Um, I think that they missed the squat part of it. Like I, I just, yeah. I, I know they ran up a bunch of stairs. I know they were on a bike, but like they really didn't go below parallel. I know okay, thruster is okay, but like for yeah. these guys, you would you expect to see something a little bit more um, than what they had. So I think that they missed that. But um, overall, I think that the athletes got a a nice test, an enjoyable competition. I don't think that anyone was leaving from this. Um, just crushed to where, you know, they're going to have to take a month off or anything like that. Um, it was, you know, I've seen, uh, some of the programming that Matt has done at different events. Um, I would say that this is one of the better ones that I think that he's done. Um, I've seen some wins and some losses, honestly, some of the different events that he's done. Um, so for me, I think my, my, uh, score, and this would be, a single thumb. Hmm. A single thumb. Okay. Single I mean, there's some thumb. pieces that were missing. I would have liked to have seen a lot more squatting, but I think for what the event was trying to do and trying to take care of, I think that it did a decent job of that. And the events were pretty fun just in general. They were. And, you know, a lot of times like, hey, I like this event. Right. But the way this <laughs> is put together, I mean, that was the theme of the 2022, I feel like, season. Yeah. 
Uh, when I look at it too, it's like, I mean, I've already, we've gone through the movement pattern thing. When I, I agree with the squat or at least getting below parallel a little bit more. It's not like we didn't do any legs. Like we said, the run, the bike, the lunge, that all came into play a bit. Um, the carries a little bit that you, you put that in there. But I always try to think, I was like, okay, where would I put them? I couldn't really find anything there too much. And it's like, okay, maybe we throw out the devil presses and do like a wall ball shots or something like that, right? The devil presses took three and a half minutes. Make it 100, right? Can anybody do it unbroken or whatever? Um, just throwing something out there. So th there's that in there. But like you said, with the the parameters that were set forth is maybe it was, hey, we do want to see these movement patterns in these events and how you put them together. That's part of what we want to bring to the table is what were the limitations, right? So like when we judged Madrid, which was really not great, they were Fair. I mean, we've heard now to this point, but like they got like HWPO fairly handcuffed with right. being able to be creative there with timetables, time domains, equipment that they had access to. So here it seems like they have a bit more freedom and it shows, right? You, you get a little bit more freedom and you can do a, a, a lot more with it when given the chance. Imagine with all the freedom available to them without parameters, maybe in the middle. And they, yeah, okay, you get your event one, you get your final event, this is what you want, this is your event, you're having us in here, you're paying us. We'll pretty much do whatever you want to a certain extent. Um, the only thing, gosh, well, I was going to put this out there. The uh, time domains, right? We went 30 plus to get things started uh, early on. Then we went heavy, so, you know, heavy lift. Then the, you know, the ride or die intervals, the... Two and a half minutes, so like a 10-minute time frame. Heavy-handed chipper was like sub-five. The next event, which was the Barbell Furious, was two to three minutes. Walking with the Devil, seven to eight. So we got a diff decent amount of things still a little on the shorter side. I think we we're... Oh, no, the, we hit the... Sorry, I just missed that. Clear this one. The, the Get a Grip hits that middle time frame, right? We got a few... Sprinty ones in there, some chippers, right? The uh, heavy-handed was a sprint chipper. The Barbell Furious was a sprint chipper. The last event was another chipper, um, seven, eight-minute time frame. So some of that in there that we've seen redundant. Just giving examples. I still enjoyed the programming. I take all these individual events by themselves, and I really liked them. I think... Uh, and one I really want to try when my shoulder gets better is all of them. <laughs> right, huh? Is all of them. But uh, I, I like these all as individuals. Again, like I said, piecing them all together in the bumpers at which you're given is a challenge. I still think the Burj Khalifa is the best event they have ever programmed for that event and what its purpose is behind. I'll give it a one point. I'm a little higher on it. I'm a little one. I'm a one Two, uh, one, two, five. I was going between point two and point three. One, two, five. I like the programming. It's on the upper echelon of things that we've seen, but uh, it was good. It was good. And I like that it wasn't, uh, they didn't try to do too much, get outside themselves. It looks like the athletes were tested appropriately. I mean, other than things outside the realm of programming, I feel like the people at the top were, the ones there that performed the best. And it wasn't as like, oh, well, this suited you. Is the, everyone got a little bit of theirs and some not of theirs, unless they were a fully well-rounded well, well athlete. 
And then they did well, like Karen Frey. I mean, she just absolutely crushed everybody. Yeah, she was awesome. so good. And we got amazing so races. Good. I mean, damn, it all came down to the final event. I mean, that that's it. That, that's good. So, yeah, one, two, five. I'll give it one, two, five. Okay. I like two, it. Five. I like yeah. it. All right, team. Thanks for joining us today for our Analyze the Proving of the Dubai Fitness Championship. The coming up on Thursday. I uh, I have it blocked off. I'm currently in the process of moving. So that is that is part of our, our life. So things got a little crazy last week. That being said, we'll be getting back to our CrossFit Journal Book Club on Thursday, which it is the odd lifts. If you guys haven't seen that yet or got this, I will drop this in the YouTube chat right now. And our plan is sometime on Thursday, we'll go through this. And like we said, the ones that they come up with is like, when was the last time you saw this in your training or right. testing? Could we? Huh? Maybe. Maybe next year, right? Those of you guys that didn't do your homework last year, as we told you during the CrossFit Games at Nauseam, where did this come from? Oh, 2002, 2003, CrossFit Journal? Maybe. Maybe they're, maybe they're going in order. Maybe we're going to look back to look forward. I don't know. I don't know. All right, team, thank you guys for joining us. See you on Thursday. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.